A House Divided continues. Once again, Dan Harris. 2006. Let's do it. Joe Broadbent, an FLDS runaway, launches a series of commando-style missions to extract his entire family from the church by any means necessary. I could see him sad, depressed, hurt, scared. And I'm like, why not try and get him out? As seen in a documentary called Sons of Perdition, his most adamant opponent is his oldest sister, Sabrina. Yes, ironically, the same woman who would later find herself on the other side of this conflict was then a zealous defender of the church, here literally pulling on one of her sisters to prevent her from leaving. She's not going. You never stop praying and obeying. You never stop keeping sweet. When you grow up and that's all you know, you know? That's all you know. So you thought Warren Jeffs was God's mouthpiece? Right. The Broadbent family tree is actually quite slender by FLDS standards. Sabrina was raised in a household with one father, just two wives, and 22 children. How old were you when you got married? I was 17. And was it somebody you wanted to marry, you got to pick, or? No, they're just assigned to you. <laughs> Many a young lady gets married thinking her husband should submit to her will. But a woman's duty is to bless her husband. Sabrina knew from the recorded sermons of Warren Jeffs that the job of an FLDS wife is to obey her husband and bear children. And she did her duty delivering two boys and two girls in rapid succession. Her brother Joe had a different duty, working without pay as a manual laborer. How old were you when you were first put to work? I was 10 years old. I started driving forklift when I was 12. In fact, I learned how to drive a forklift before a vehicle. So they're brought up working child labor. Sam Brower is a private investigator who's been looking into allegations of FLDS child abuse for more than a decade. Warren Jeffs has, has said, if a child wants to play with a doll, give her a baby. If a boy wants to ride a bicycle, give him a shovel. Quit it, my hell, get out of here. Driving around the creek, we found children at work everywhere with shovels, building fences, running heavy equipment. Brower says his investigations uncovered FLDS organized child labor on an industrial scale at pecan orchards 20 miles away from the creek. His evidence has prompted an ongoing federal investigation opposed in court by lawyers for the FLDS. There were literally thousands of children in these orchards. And that's the, the horrible, sad bottom line, that these kids are a commodity, and they're used to make money for the church. The schools would stop, and we would all load up and go pick pecans. So they would shut down the school? They would shut down the schools. Nine years ago, at the age of 17, sick of a life of servitude, Joe escapes the church and heads straight to the devil's playground. I went to Las Vegas. I mean, it was... That was Sin City. That was awesome. Um, absolutely loved it. He finds his new freedom to be a revelation, one he wants to share with the family he's left behind. I could see how the world was to me. You know, I, I wasn't hurt. I wasn't possessed, you know. The people out here are not evil. They're good people. She's not going. 
But after that ugly moment we showed you, Sabrina trying to prevent him from rescuing other family members, Joe knows it will take something powerful to shake his older sister's faith. What finally does it is a bombshell dropped by her husband, Jake. He wanted to marry my little sister, and she was 14. Sabrina's husband wanted to marry... He wanted another wife, so... And he wanted to marry one of her little sisters? Mm -hmm. Who was 14? Yeah. Sabrina's husband is banished by Warren Jeffs, not because he wanted to bed his wife's 14-year-old sister, but because only the prophet can decide how many wives a man can have. Sabrina finds herself on the verge of being transferred into another marriage, perhaps with multiple wives. I'm gonna be married off, I'll be the second wife, third wife, fourth wife, and I'm like, I don't wanna be a damn concubine. So she calls Joe okay, and other see. family members on the outside. They're like, we're coming to help you, you ready? They make a midnight run to a meeting spot in the desert outside the creek. 25-year-old Sabrina jumps into the car and races away to a new life on the outside. At first, freedom is exhilarating. She gets a new haircut. Enjoys partying. All right. But she is also tormented by the fact that her husband's family is insisting on keeping the children. There was nothing I could do at that point because I didn't dare go up against the church or anything. Because the church is so powerful? Yeah. I never dared go up against it. I wanted to. Believe me, I wanted to. Cried myself to sleep many nights, months. Even drink myself to death sometimes. She would scream, she would cry because she missed her kids. She would lose her mind pretty much. And it was sad to see. Sabrina is now 32, remarried, with a three-year-old son, and she has a career as a counselor for troubled youth. She has never lost touch with her first four children still in the church. However, during a scheduled visitation this past Christmas, it becomes painfully obvious that her kids view her as an evil outsider. Here, refusing to accept her Christmas presents. They know that Christmas, gift giving, toys, they all violate FLDS rules and mean a one-way ticket to hell. This estrangement becomes one of the big reasons why Sabrina finally musters the courage to fight for custody. The court order, a sweet vindication of her efforts. There's no tears, there wasn't, I was too happy to cry. And you got right in the car and went to go get them. Yeah, we did. Which brings us back to the standoff. They won't send them out, they won't let me get them. It's now noon, we're 18 hours into this thing, and as the crowd surrounds Sabrina's van with video cameras, it is becoming clearer and clearer to Sabrina that her kids are siding with the faithful. That's Isaac right there, the eldest. And this is Rulin, the younger boy. And here are daughters Sandra and Leticia. Had to lock the doors. Little people are throwing chickens in the van. At one point, the boys even try to put a calf in her van. I'm so sick of this. This is so uncalled for, so unnecessary. What do you think their fear was? Why did they so badly not want to go with you? Because they've been, they've been poisoned against me because I live out here, I'm an apostate. Have they been taught that you're evil? Mm-hmm. They called me the devil a few times. You're the devil, you know, you're going to hell. 
About 20 hours into the standoff, Sandra, on behalf of her siblings, delivers a handwritten contract pleading for future trips to the creek. We will only be in this house if you will sign this paper saying that we can have visitation with Samantha. I'm not going to sign anything. It's on my terms. The war for these FLDS children is at a stalemate. But across town, they wouldn't open the gate. Another mother is fighting a similar battle on another front. I'm scared. She was once the queen of the FLDS castle. Now she's come back in order to take back her children. I don't want my girls to be raped. I don't want any of my boys to have to sit on the side of their bed and watch their wife get raped. I don't want that. When we come back, her allegations of a new sadistic sex ritual. Plus, is the local government in the pocket of the church? Are you answerable to the public? We go uninvited to the city council for answer. Really, nobody wants to respond to that? Stay with us.